Here on Music Biz 101 on more. Yeah. Brave New Radio at 8.7 WPSC. This is, as we just said, Music Biz 101 and more. And we should mention that this is Music Biz 101 and more. And you're listening to Music Biz 101 and more on WPSC. Brave New Radio 8.7, the campus of Wave House University. Trying to make the Music Biz better. And we are your free advice. Music Biz 101 and more radio show and podcast. I am your professor, David Kirk Philp. Always here along with my best friend ever, Dr. Esteban. Is this Music Biz 101 and more? This is, uh, I didn't know if uh, that was clear or not. Ah. Uh, it's Music Biz 101 and more. Okay. It's an ampersand. Yes. Hopefully that comes so through. So what a show tonight. We are amazed God. at the show. We have a full I mean, studio. Really? It's packed. We couldn't get anyone else in here if we tried. No. As Sting would say, packed like lemmings into shiny metal boxes. Do you know what, anybody know what song that's from? That's Synchronicity 2, 1983 uh, yes, yes, A&M yes, Records. Yes, yes. We, just going back. Yes. So we just listened to The World is Ours. That was Allison McKenzie, the Alimac Project. We have guests tonight. We have a student co-host. Before we get to that, we also have producers. Let us say hello to Jess Frank, producer, and Bianca Russo, our producer. Jess Frank, Bianca Russo, Jess Frank, Bianca Russo. So good to have them here. Go to musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, and that's where you are going to find out everything you ever wanted to know about the music business. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at MusicBiz101WP. And by the way, Dr. Esteban, this will be on a podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. How awesome is that? We should be getting paid. We really should be getting paid. In fact, I think we do sort of get paid for this. Uh, Before we move on, let us thank the Music Biz Association, then we can get right into this thing we're doing. We want to thank the Music Biz Association. Save the date May 16th through 18th, 2016, when the Music Biz goes to Music Biz in the Music City. We'll be there with a group of students, William Patterson students, interviewing industry pros, making connections, recording future podcasts and radio shows, all at the Music Biz Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. Exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Should we... Dive right in. Yeah, I think we should uh, put on our, our, our special floaties and uh, jump in. Well, you said dive. We'll dive. Do we want to introduce... Um... Let's introduce the student co-host first. Okay. Her name is Valerie Earp. She's a fine person. Valerie, say hello to the fine people listening. Hello. Boy. She really took over. She, Valerie took <laughs> over the airways right there. She, she just did the... She grabbed the... <laughs> the confidence shows All the way Valerie. to California. Tell us, Valerie, who you are, what you do, why do you go to William Patterson University, what is your major, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I am a senior. I'm in my uh, second to last semester at William Patterson University. I'm a pop music major, and I am at William Patterson because I love the program, and I'm currently interning at OK Good Records, which you will hear about in a second. It sounds OK Good to me. Is she a good intern? She's a very good intern. Okay. That is good. Okay. All right, so thank you, Valerie. By the way, I got to hear Valerie perform on piano. She performed an original song yesterday. We had a thing called Pop Dialogue Day. Uh-huh. Part of a popular music program, and people in the program had to uh, write an original song around a specific theme, and this theme was called Revenge. And what was the name of your song, Valerie? It was called Served Cold. It was called Served Cold, and it went down very well. 
unlike what would be served cold. But people really enjoyed it. The lyrics were excellent. So good job, Valerie. Can we just give Valerie a quick hand? Just make her feel good. You're doing a great, great job, Valerie, on the radio. Valerie will be reading lots of tweets tonight because we have many, many tweets for uh, our guests tonight. And we'll let us introduce them in order of appearance. We're going to begin with uh, Nick Sortino. Nick is the product manager at OK Good Records and Radical Records. Anything else, Nick, or is those the two big things? Those are the two big things. So Nick Sortino, everybody. <laughs> Nick is here as a product manager. And Radical and OK are in what? Located where? Uh, we're based out of uh, Teaneck. Okay. Teaneck, New Jersey. Okay. And then now we want to introduce, he's a president. He's not Obama, but he's just as close. He is... Uh, Oh my gosh, I didn't write down your last name. I, I always know you as Jurgen. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm the potok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. He's, he's president of, uh, of the uh, company, right? Something uh, like that. President of OK Good Records, Radical Records, and Gummy Bear International. It's great. Bear International. Here we go. Thank you, Jurgen. And then we have another guest. Special guest. A very special guest. She's 20 years old for a few more hours. Her name is Janet Maureen. You'll have to pronounce this A-O-I-F-E. Aoife. Aoife. Janet Maureen Aoife Nee Devlin. What, yes. Does you need, even gone for the Irish there. I, I went as much yeah. as I could. Yeah. Tell me if I talk Irish or if it becomes sort of like <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, I listen to a lot of Beatles you, music. How do, you go in, how do you go from Ireland to Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem I've got. <laughs> uh, so we got Janet Maureen Aoife <laughs> Nee Aoife. Aoife. I had it right, actually. Uh, Aoife, no, Aoife Nee Devlin. She's a northern Irish singer-songwriter, rose to prominence in the eighth series of The X Factor in 2011, where she finished in fifth place. Yeah. She's 20 for another three or so hours. Then she turns 21, <laughs> which in Ireland is not a big deal, but in no. America that is. Right. Her new album, December Days, comes out November 27th. Janet Devlin. Janet Devlin. Janet Devlin. Janet Devlin. Dr. Stephen Marconi, yes, it is your show now. Well, I think I would like to start with uh, Jorgen, and I'm sure it's extremely difficult to keep a independent label going, uh, and especially as you guys do, you do a bunch of different things. Uh, let's talk about, or why don't you just start talking about your revenue streams, the number of revenue streams you have, and how do you, you know, keep the lights on and so on. Well, we're very fortunate uh, fortunate to actually have the Gummy Bear Records mm -hmm. uh, label and, and a very popular YouTube artist, as it were, in Gummy Bear. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, on that, that is one of the biggest revenue streams we have, which is YouTube, uh, thanks to about close to 6 billion views on YouTube for Gummy Bear videos. <clears throat> Other than that, I guess these days, I mean, physical, down, uh, physical sales are ever diminishing from week to week mm -hmm. uh, mostly due to the absence of record stores and retail outlets so I mean for um, last five years iTunes downloads was great mm -hmm. uh, which was a great outlet now they went to streaming and so now we're really dependent on whatever the streams generate Spotify mm -hmm. iTunes Beatport etc mm -hmm. so it's getting more difficult by the week <laughs> Yes, I see where, uh, I think it was announced yesterday, that uh, Universal Music through Vivendi, uh, this is the third quarter report, showed that um, streaming is 51% of their digital revenue. 
So it's here and it's here to stay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be an exciting piece of news if the overall revenue was up. Right. But I'm sure the overall revenue was down. It's just the streaming portion mm -hmm. is the bigger part of mm -hmm. it. And it has surpassed and has made up for all the physical sales that they used to no. count on. Oh, no. Yeah, it said that in the oh, no, no, today's report. That, that would be a blatant lie and a, a misrepresentation <laughs> in that case. Yeah, that. Yeah, right on our well, show. Well, no, the no, thing no, though, no. there was uh, Jurgen. You might Jurgen. You might have seen um, about two weeks ago. There was a release that LP sales have exceeded sales of streaming, which, if you twist the numbers, is true, but is actually not true because their streaming didn't did not include Pandora. It didn't include Sirius XM. It didn't include. It just looked at basically Spotify and, and Beats. So mm -hmm. it, so this could be an article where they looked at partial information. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. like, uh, obviously when they didn't count Pandora and whatever else, then I'm sure that would fall under the category of breakage, which up until about six months ago, no artist ever got any piece of. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Because those were basically just the advances that record companies would collect and couldn't allocate. Uh, to the artists because it was not connected to any actual play. Right. Uh, but I mean, overall, when you say like physical sales or, or vinyl sales were up, but I mean, then you got to look at the overall number oh, of, of vinyl course. sales of as compared to what vinyl used to sell yeah. or what CDs used to sell. And it's just minuscule. It's a niche market. Exactly. They're more expensive now. So, I mean, so maybe that makes up for a little bit of it. <laughs> so, how did you get uh, hooked up with? Janet Devlin. Miss Devlin. Janet, actually, yes. Uh, Janet, I, I guess her album uh, was presented to me by a sales agent in England. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I got first to hear it. And I liked it, so I immediately reached out. Uh, and fortunately, I don't know if it was at the same time when I first became aware of it, but then on a immediately subsequent trip to England, I had a chance to actually go meet her English label and management. And Janet was kind enough to come to the comp to, to their offices and actually also sing a couple of songs. Yeah, live. I dragged my guitar player along and was like, right, yeah, let's you do and this. You. I'm exactly. going to play for you. <laughs> and uh, so I was sold. I mean, I was sold from before, but that kind of really <laughs> locked it in because, I mean, she's obviously also a great live singer, not just a great recording artist. Mm -hmm. And we licensed it for North America and have been like working diligently ever since. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously the, the initial album, Running With Scissors, uh, came out in February. February, yeah. And I think this is your fourth trip now? Uh, I've been over five times, but this five is my times. fourth Oh, yeah, trip one here. time for yeah. the West Coast, right. Yeah. Uh, so we've had her here. We had her perform in America, very well received. So it's building rapidly. And so now we figured, you know, with the season, uh, we have a... Digital, um, well, physical and digital EP that we're just going to be releasing in about two weeks' time called December Days. Which is festive as, as it gets, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Christmassy. And it's um, Days with a Z. Days with a Z, because I did an, uh, an EP called uh, Duvet Days, which was this, with a Z, because mm. I'm a fan of alliteration and weird spelling, so I thought I would stick with it and go for December days as well. Yeah, there's the, I mean, like that song, Happy Holidays, confused the hell out of me because I was thinking you were singing, uh, you were singing about the sauce, Hollandaise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Holidays. Well, I mean, if that was to get an ad sync, I'd be, I'd be loving that. I'm like, come on, please. That's <laughs> the Irish thing, you know. Uh -huh. All right. <laughs> So you did a uh, a licensing deal for North America, right? 
for the uh, for the sales of the recording. Yep. And uh, so, obviously, she has to be introduced here, and uh, the, the huge market compared to Europe. Yes. Uh, so, what are some of the ideas that you guys have been uh, thinking of? I guess Nick also can jump in here as part of the development. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really just getting Janet's music where you can hear it. That's the first step. And we noticed a huge jump on Spotify plays the minute she started playing shows here. Um, obviously, anytime you're trying to get an artist, like more eyes on an artist, the easiest way is to get her to open up for someone. And Janet was lucky enough to open for uh, Heffron Drive over the summer. Mm -hmm. And he had uh, Kendall Schmidt in that band from Big Time Rush. So that was a very good fit because they were such great guys. They were really nice to Janet, really open to having mm -hmm. her open up for the gigs. Mm -hmm. And just getting eyes on the artists is the biggest thing. It's just trying to make noise. There's so many people out there <laughs> trying to make more noise than they're making. It's a hard thing, but anytime Janet performs for anyone, we always get great reviews, get re great response. Everyone always stops by the merch table and is just so impressed by her live show. Mm -hmm. And that's the main thing. It's like as long as they can hear Janet, they're going to like Janet. So that's that's the main goal. Great, great. And you hear, Dave, that enthusiasm. From, from, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, serious. Yeah. I'm not it's making a, so if that's what you need. If you're not definitely. enthused about your artist, I mean, like, uh, right, exactly. You got to be into it. You got to sure. want to have people hearing that music as much as they want to have exactly. their music heard. Because the title is product manager, but it's it's in, in a way it's sales, you know. And if you're not passionate about you know, selling this artist to the world. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. going to work. Should we play something? I'd love uh, the audience to sort of hear what we're talking about. <laughs> what? Can we play something? What would you like? What would we like? Uh, can well, we, how about... Janet. Janet, what would you like us to play? I don't know. How about... Jürgen, uh, you, you, you might know better. Which one would you like? Well, I mean, House of Cards is always a good one. Yeah, House of Cards, yeah. That's it. Here's a little bit of House of Cards on WPSC.
May we, may we ask you some questions? Yes, about sorry. It, no, no. I'm just looking. You're like looking looking straight down. What would you say? Yeah, here's yeah. Jess Frank. Okay, I noticed that when you like first heard the song playing, you got this like look of like, you were so proud and like astonished that you're like here and everything right now. Or uh, maybe I took that wrong. I don't know. You just like got this like glimmer in your eyes that you were like so proud about your music and everything. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Okay. <laughs> So do you have a band, or do you just have backup people, and it's and it's you? I have had like like it's just me technically, like um, but I've had the same band play for me like since I started three years ago. Mm -hmm. Like I've um when I play live, I normally just have a mandolin player and mm -hmm. a guitar player, mm -hmm. a and mic. But I do venture mm -hmm. out sometimes and have cello and piano and things. Ah. like that. so it's real okay. cello. That was one of the questions I was going to ask yeah. you. Actually, no, on that track. Yeah. Uh, no, this is cheeky. This was a this was a violin of which we programmed down. So ah, I found okay. it like a cello. I only had six weeks to record the album, so there's there's a few sneaky things that had to be done. Now, do you write all your material? Yes. Great. That's great. Uh, let's see. Um, I just want a quick because I'm a drummer. Okay. Uh, that reminded me sort of had a lumineers feel. Mm. To it, you know, mm -hmm. with with mm -hmm. even with the hay and just the what was was it a drummer? What do you recall? What the drummer was was hitting? I there? remember I did some of the kick just, drum for that. Yeah, the stomp, yeah. the four to the floor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you play drums too. I used to play drums. I would I would use that term very very loosely. Um, <laughs> Janet doesn't know this, but in the other room we have a seventeen uh, piece drum kit, and she's going to do a solo for us. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, but no, I did. I recorded the the four to the floor, and that it was literally just like Mike's uh, up. I was in the studio, and I was just literally just thumping it with like not foot pedal, just armed. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, that's great. Uh -huh. right, so that was a. Did you record this uh, this album, Running with Scissors? You recorded it in the UK. Yes, I did in London. What's the label? Are you affiliated with the label in the UK? Uh, I'm signed to an independent label called Insomnia Music. Insomnia Music. Yes. Did they did they pay for that recording, or was that done all on your own, or was that a pledge music? Why don't we pledge music and okay. then made an album? Uh, so obviously funded the the making of an album. However, I made an album called Hide and Seek, which was technically supposed to be my first album, and then I didn't like how it sounded, so I had to somehow use the remainder of the fundage that I had gathered up. That's why you know, I ended up making a new album, doing it in six weeks, trying to get it as quickly released as possible, because I had a release deadline, obviously, with uh, Pledge Music, so... Yeah. Explain the whole Pledge Music, because I brought up Pledge Music to a class mm. last week, mm -hmm. and... Um, we actually played part of your video. Then we went to play the Pledge Music website, and they had a video. We actually, the video they had on their website was was not good because it wasn't really explaining what they do. Yes. Could you give us an explanation of, from an artist's perspective, what you used, how how you use Pledge Music, and how it helped you with this, and how does it compare to a Kickstarter or something like that? All right. Okay. Well, there's there's two things you can do in Pledge. Really, you can either do a pre-order campaign, or you can do a, like an almost like a GoFundMe style. Mm -hmm. um, so currently, for my EP, I'm doing a pre-order so you can look at you get like a massive list of goodies of what you can buy exclusive to that site that will never be sold again so like the merchandise is only available on pledge what kind of merch do you have so it would be like t-shirts and like christmas things so it's like because it's christmas based or whatever so it's like christmas cards and canvases and things like that so they're all like phone calls phone calls skype phone calls yes i'm doing all, cool. all of That's that great. yeah mm -hmm. uh -huh. Mm -hmm. They're all exclusive, so you can't get that anywhere outside of it. But Pledge also have the GoFundMe style thing, which is 
you know, you tell your fans, hey, I want to make an album, but I would like you guys to help me out and help me fund it. So they essentially buy the album before they've heard it or anything. So they fund the making of it. But with Pledge, you update your fans as to how it's going. This mm-hmm. is obviously with the pre-order style. Not the pre-order, this is with the fund me style. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, you have to do like an update every week, show them what's going on, that you're not taking their money and not using it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's keep them updated, whereas the pre-order is more just, I've made the EP, but would you like to get it now, along with some fun things that you can't get anywhere mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you did that in conjunction with, with Insomnia? Are, are, we, are we talking about uh, Running With Scissors or are we talking about December so Days right running now? Running With Scissors was a GoFundMe-esque one. So that uh, with was, Pledge Music, the GoFundMe yes. type. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but December Days, the EP, is a pre-order style one. So the EP was already made. Mm-hmm. And d- did you make the the EP with some of the money that was left over from the, or am I confusing? No, they're two okay. separate. Okay, okay so you were going to... You did the pledge music thing, the GoFundMe style. You made it a record that you didn't like. So then, with the money that you still yeah. had, you did in six weeks. You made Run with Scissors. I made another. Yeah, I made Run with Scissors with the remainder of that money. Yeah. Okay, so the stuff you didn't like will be part of the six CD box set that comes out in twenty thirty eight. No, right? I don't want anyone to hear it. Really? Okay. We get American fans that really want that here, and it's like, no, no, you don't want it. Cool. They've heard like some of the tracks because I gave them the digital of it because I had to like make them wait, you know. Um, and some people really dig the songs, and it's quite annoying because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want you to have that at all. <laughs> Please stop playing it. And like, I'll do gigs, and like, joy. Um, like, you always get people like ha- like heckling you from the audience. Like, I always get people going, Crown of Thorns! Like, which is a song from the old record. And I'm just like, that is not happening, my friend. <laughs> just, just no. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's a way to build a community there, right there. No, I'm not going to play your request. That, 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 that's funny. Anything but. <laughs> yeah. Can I, may I continue with my line Please. of questioning? Okay, Please. so, uh, X Factor. Yes. You came in fifth. Yes, uh, I think so. uh, And then in 2011. Well, how'd you get on? Well, okay, how did you get on to X Factor? And then I wa- have post-X Factor questions okay. that I don't think people think about. So I started on YouTube. Uh, I started that when I was 15, 16, and I built up a subscribership of about 15,000 people. And then that year of X Factor, you could send in a video. So my mom was like, well, what can you lose? There's nothing you can lose. So I was like, all right, I'll send in my most viewed video, which was your song. So then I sent that in. By Elton said, John. Yeah, Talbot, right? your song, Elton John. And... Um, they said yes, so then I had to go through obviously all the audition process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, go through the live shows, da, 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 and yeah, came out the other end. <laughs> now, did they have you sign something right off the bat before before a certain point that you kept um, uh, going week after week? You uh, live shows. There was a separate contract for live shows. Every every like stage that you would get to, so you'd sign something. So mm-hmm. if you got past. Your audition, you signed something. If you got past book camp, you signed something. If you got past judges' houses, you signed something. Obviously, I cannot specifically say what is in those contracts because Psycho, as we know, are a massive record label, and I would never want to get hurt by them. (laughs) 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 So that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because here I know some people who have been on The Voice and also American Idol, and uh, they they get contracts in the beginning. Um, NDAs, you know, you can't say anything until a certain date. Yes. They also, um, they're 
Did you have a, any uh, business attorney, any music business attorney, when you were signing these deals, or was it yes. they gave it to? You? Okay. I I was lucky in both ways. I had a really good lawyer. Um, I also my mom uh, has lots of my mom works in law as well. So uh, she your mom in, has a background in law. You just said uh, my mom works in law. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So she has lots of lawyer friends that were able just right. to run their eyes over all the contracts as well. So I got I got quite lucky, but uh-huh. I read everything as well. Uh, I've seen quite a lot of people just sign what was handed in front of them, and I was like, hmm, I don't really want to do that. So <laughs> would they accept any changes that you had? I didn't make any amendments. Thankfully, everything everything was above board and all that kind of Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. So it's mm-hmm. fine. Like, uh, and I was only 16, so any, my mom had to come with me anyway to sign all the papers. Sure. So I, got, I was... All right. And actually, according to, uh, at least here in America, either Ron Beanstock or Carl uh, Guthrie, who are um, two music business attorneys, even if you sign the contract, say you're under 18, um, a lot of people, once they turn 18, they still say, I was under 18 when I signed that contract. So whether I'm still signed or not, I'm just, I was under 18, even if my mom was standing next to me, mm. they can break the contract. They, so. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Can, they, can they do that in Europe? Probably. Yeah. I haven't mm. had to, in fairness. It's all above boards. It's not as dark and as scary as what people seem to think it is. It's mostly just a, please don't talk about all the secrets, as in, like, don't tell them, don't tell your friends and family that you've made it to, say, boot camp, whenever television's only on audition. Mm-hmm. It's don't spoil the surprise. Don't spoil right. the show. It's the same as, you know, like, soap actors <clears throat> and stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them your character's going to die. Right. That kind of thing. So what did you take away from that whole experience? Uh, I was a very shy child uh, during the show and still, you know, I still get nervous and stuff before shows and things, but it taught me how to almost be an artist in the sense of have a bit of confidence and Mm -hmm. taught Mm -hmm. me how to perform on telly, which is always good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many people don't understand that it's a totally different medium from live television and it's a, or video whatever and it's a total different medium from recording as well mm-hmm. like right. i'm terrified of performing live in front of an audience but mm-hmm. if you put me in front of tv cameras i'm sweet i'm fine yeah. that <laughs> was like that was my upbringing that was my that was how i got mm-hmm. into this industry like so I'm, I'm quite okay with that but because of the youtube you doing the youtube, YouTube and yeah. like tv and stuff they're fine but yeah. like put me in front of like 200 people and go sing i'm like oh, really? <laughs> that's <laughs> good so you uh, you came in fifth. You got to do the tour that yes. year. How how long did that? We'll call it like a halo effect. How long did the X factor effect help you until it was uh, okay? Been there, done that. Well, next, I my aim for doing the show was to do the tour because I wanted to get. <laughs> Sorry, so bad. I wanted to get the money, obviously, from doing the tour. But I wanted to get the money so that I could reinvest it into my own music. Because the plan is always to go on the show, make an album, you know. So, or, well, essentially write an album. So I took the money that I earned on the tour and was able to travel around the United Kingdom and just write with any songwriter I wanted to that would have me. Um, and, you know, obviously that helped fund it. But... Uh, the halo effect probably weared off pretty soon into nearing the end of the completion of the album because I was trying to obviously tell people, oh yeah, here's an album I've written, da 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 and they don't take you seriously because you're on a TV show, so they just think oh, you're just a posh karaoke singer, what do you know <laughs> and I'm like, well I wrote, I wrote it and so they should come for something 
but it mm-hmm. took a long there's a stigma like a massive stigma that comes with the show that I'm still to this day trying to to not not break but alleviate a little bit mm-hmm. it's quite, mm-hmm. yeah some people don't take you seriously as an artist even though I've been writing since I was so I guess maybe our listeners want to know did you meet Simon I skyped with him he wasn't my year he was actually over here oh, doing X Factor USA he was here at the time yeah ah but Kelly Rowland was your mentor yes, she that was. season. Did she help out after it was over? Have you um, kept in touch? Is she calling in in about three minutes? <laughs> uh, we didn't really keep in touch, and it's it's not not in a negative way or anything. Like she sent me flowers one time, which was really sweet. Um, but she was very uh, extroverted and a performer, and just she's like amazing at what she does we all know this she's an mm. amazing performer amazingly sure. beautiful confident woman whereas when i was working with her i was 16 i was very shy couldn't speak i was so scared of my own shadow mm-hmm. so i was it was very difficult for the two of us to even bond because i would i wouldn't let anyone in to my bubble yeah right. so i felt I've, i to this day i feel a little bit bad i wasn't right more open but um yeah it's not i mean she's got a baby as well so she's pretty busy you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you mentioned okay. At what point during this process did you get a manager? And then uh, Jurgen had mentioned earlier that he found out about you through a sales manager. Mm-hmm. So can you explain that process of uh, getting the manager, getting a deal with Insomnia? Okay, uh, how that worked, and then how you got a sales agent, and where how that came to getting okay. you here. I have, I'm on my third management now. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been I've done this now. I think years or four years I can't remember um, so I got my I was signed with Modest who managed One Direction and stuff like that and mm-hmm. big artists like that and the, it wasn't my vibe I was I, could, I couldn't hack that kind of management style shall we say so as soon as my contract was finished with Modest I moved onwards and found a new manager who was recommended to me by a friend of mine in the industry um I worked with him for a little while. He was very good at hooking up co-writes with people that I admired. He was very good at that, like, I don't know, yeah, the arranging side of things. Uh, but when it came to me fulfilling the pledge in the album and the making of Run of My Scissors, I kind of realized that I needed a management more set for the hands-on production and... The very DIY, more DIY Yeah, style. very much so, because this album was going to be coming out independently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed that hands-on management. So I got recommended to uh, the management called Insomnia, who are actually the label as well, uh, which is very handy. Um, so, yeah, and they've been great, and we've been working together now for, our, like, almost two years. With so, the modesty, was that just a one-year contract when you said... Uh, it is about a year contract, okay. yeah. I bring that up because there was just an article about them in Billboard a week or so ago because uh, they managed One Direction. Not they're, anymore. They're yeah. the one agency, that's right, One Direction, I guess, uh, whatever, they, they aren't managed, they aren't, don't have a business relationship anymore. Mm. But that, that's the one management company that the fans know about, and apparently fans hated them for they some did. reason. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Fans do not like them because sometimes they can be a little sloppy with keeping up to date with when they should not be tweeting from the artists doing mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. in this industry I don't know management like not mine I actually do all my socials but sometimes other people do do their socials sure, sure. so they've been caught out quite a few times from 
you know, being like tweeting as the artist when it actually wasn't mm. the artist, it was mm. them. They've so been caught out a lost lot. Lost the authenticity for the artist, which, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which isn't good. And they just, I don't know, I'm not sure on all of the scandal, but there's, there's, yeah, the fans did not like them. <laughs> Um, okay. Should we take a tweet? Yeah. It's already uh, 8.30. Um, so we must take a tweet. Here's a tweet for you. <laughs> so Ashley Overa asks, um, is the X Factor really like what we see on TV, or is there a lot of prep behind the scenes? Um, I would say that what you see on TV is the fun side of it, or the glamorous side. The side that, you know, you want to watch on a Saturday night where it's all shows and lights and everything's lovely but it's not like that at all behind the scenes it's it's rushed it, it's not rushed but it's hectic it's mad it is the music industry actually like it, it was mental it's not as glam as it seems <laughs> okay. and then um, why did you decide to release the December Days EP through Pledge Music instead of somewhere else like Kickstarter or Indiegogo I used Pledge Music this time because I used them before and I had such a good experience with them before and I do really like their platform because it's pretty much specifically music based instead of like Kickstarter, GoFundMe and things are their GoFundMe's for anything mm-hmm. whereas Pledge is music and entertainment based so I and the previous relationship helped as well so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have a tweet in uh, Jess Jess uh, texted me her her tweet, so it's not really a tweet, but she's sitting right here. Would you like to read your your text to her? Valerie Earp, read this long, more than 140-character tweet. Jess asks, do you think that getting discovered through a competition on national TV compared to traditional traditional methods like playing gigs and hoping for your big break or the right person to somehow hear your music has given you an advantage in making in being able to make it in the music industry? This is a tough one uh, because it is a help hinder style thing going on television. Uh, yes, you are elevated to a certain platform and you can reach a lot of people very, very fast and you build a fan base very quickly. However... Uh, my intention anyway was to do it the good old-fashioned way. I was going to go and... I was already doing gigs. I was already writing. I had set up... Uh, I was going to take a year out of school to go and write an album anyway or an EP or something. So either way, it was going to happen. But it it's hard because it, it, is, it again goes back to the stigma. No one wants to take you seriously as an artist because you went on TV. So sometimes I do wonder what would have happened if I'd just done it the good old organic way. But... I think with the fan base and their dedication, how lovely they are, I don't think, you know, I don't regret any of it or anything. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. And then I was just curious, um, like, how did you, like, kind of build your fan base? Because the X Factor kind of has, like, a built-in fan base, mm-hmm. and you had your previous U2 one, but, like, you have a really big audience now. Yes. So, like, how did you manage to, like, keep the X Factor <laughs> fans with you as you moved on It from is that? very difficult, because TV shows like that, it's more of a conveyor belt-esque fan base it's you're on tv you got fans you're off tv no one cares um <laughs> just did the god's honest truth that's how it works do you have any idea how many you got to keep i do i got to keep a, a large large number of them they haven't really i think i think i've kept most of them because of the sense i worked really hard at it like doing like, what what specifically did you do that maybe others don't do i did a lot of lives like online streaming there used to be a website called blog tv it's not available now but it used to be it was a video stream and it had a chat box so 
So uh, maybe about three or four times a week, I would log into there, tell the fans I was doing one, meet up with them, and there'd be about, oh gosh, about 8,000 people tuning in. I'd talk and interact, and I would always tweet back. I would always reply. I would ask them questions. I would genuinely care about them. And I think that's what's missing. A lot of artists take social media and use it as so... They're too blasé about it. They use it to plug and just plug and plug and plug and try and sell things. But mm-hmm. that's not cool because when you follow someone on Twitter, you want to get to know them. You want them to be your friend. So, like, I obviously try and, like, reply to everybody as much as I can, which is, I think, that's how I've kept the fan base. I should... I'm sorry. But oh. just, <laughs> I, 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 you go. You're... I read someplace where um, Snoop actually tweets every hour wow. himself. And he does a lot of retweeting mm. so that the fans see that he's actually really reading, yeah, just like you were yeah. saying. And then he retweets at a fan, and that just, you know, blows up because a fan can't believe. Yeah, because it is a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, actually interacting with people on a human level, be it actually on the internet, it really does make a difference. Like, because mm-hmm. like, obviously you can't meet everyone. Like, some people can't get to your country because you're in di- everyone's in different countries. So I mm-hmm. think it's... It's such a waste that artists won't actually use their social media. Like, it is genuinely this one of the saddest things I hear whenever someone's, like, got someone else to run their socials. And, it, like and it's so much. efficient because it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And it does a lot of work that advertising used to have to do. Yeah. But now it's fan to fan, and it's, and it's actually so much pointed advertising. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. when you think about it that way, it's, it's, a, it's a godsend. Yeah, it is free advertising. Yeah. It absolutely is, because if you are nice to someone and you tweeted them or responded to them, chances are they're going to go tell their friend. Sure, sure. So that is the network advertising. Yeah. What platforms are most effective for you these days? These days it's very different because different countries tend to take more to different socials, so I have to have every single one of them. I have Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Vine, and the list goes on. Uh, so it just depends what country people are in. Like Instagram, I find America seem to really like Instagram. Mm-hmm. UK are only just starting this bandwagon. We're only just jumping on it. Um, but I've had an Instagram account for years. Um, Facebook is on the rise, which is always good. But I think a lot of kids have jumped off Facebook because their parents are on it. Yep, uh, exactly. So they don't really care as much anymore. Mm-hmm. That is why the likes of Snapchat is really big because their parents aren't on that. So I mm-hmm. do try to use that as much as I possibly can. And you can reply to people with a picture, which they really appreciate. Mm-hmm. So what's mm-hmm. your what's your handle on Snapchat? It is Janet D O Fish. So O F F I C. I see. Okay. And you're Janet, J- Jealous Janet or something on Twitter? Janet Jealousy on Twitter. And then Facebook is the Janet Devlin. Instagram is Janet Devlin official. Like, they're, they're mostly verified. So normally, like, when you just type in the name, the wee blue thingy comes mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You mentioned uh, countries. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me go back to just the, the question I had a while back that we never got to. The sales agent part. Because yes. you, ha- you, you had your third manager. It was through Insomnia. They're also the label. Yes. And then getting to the U.S. then. Okay. Yeah. So, um, obviously, I made the record, did the deal with Insomnia in the U.K. I think it's Bob. Is it Bob Cunning- Cunningham or Bob? Yeah. It's Bob, Bob Cunningham. Cunningham. Yes. He uh, would pitch out to labels, independent or major. And, yeah, just... Is he an independent guy or does he work for Insomnia? Who- no, no, no. He's, he's That's his job. He is not affiliated with any... 
like management or label or anything. He's independent himself, and he he hooks up connections. So he will hook up an artist with a label. He's got a company called General Overseas. It's called General Overseas, which just is for that purpose to pitch repertoire from different countries to different countries. Mm. Wow, that is a very I didn't even know that kind of. Uh, what would you call that kind of? Well, it's a, company it's an agency. An intermediary. Just, just, it, okay, yeah. yeah. Interesting. A licensing agency. Right, okay. And so uh, he pitched, he, I guess, signed a deal with Insomnia or something to represent you for, I'm thinking like real estate for like yes, six months or so something to see if he could get a deal for you, right? It was a proposal, like, do you want me to try and get this signed than the rest of the world? And obviously looked at his CV and all of that jazz, all the boring stuff, and signed mm-hmm. a contract, got him to do it. And yeah. And so you guys signed for North America. Does that include Mexico? No. Okay, so uh, U.S. and Canada. Yes, Canada. Um, I'm looking. There's a company called Next Big Sound that mm-hmm. does lots of, uh, of, of analytics and, and data. And it says your number one market, this is just based upon Twitter mentions. Oh, twi- oh gosh, okay. Is the U.S. Number two is the U.K. Number three is Germany. Mm. So does Insomnia have a distribution into Germany? Who does distribution for Insomnia? I, I have. A, I don't think so. Do I have a German label? I'm trying to think now. Do you know what? Because of obviously the rest of the world deals, like there's so many mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. things. I believe not. No. I think yeah. I think Germany might be yeah. the only one I'm missing. Um, Jurgen's yeah. from Germany. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, no, I, I can't. I sell it on the street corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's a label in Germany, I apologize for forgetting your name, <laughs> uh, but I don't think it is. I think the because um, Insomnia can sign. The deal, I've signed the deal to just license yeah. internationally as well, so I don't actually have it's to have a It's possible that maybe there was a single license in Germany. Yeah. Because in some countries I saw, like South Africa and so on, they yes, only had a single. Yes, we did. I give them, I give a, them a single, <laughs> I give the Creatures of the Night and certain right. things. But obviously, yeah, you can sign a deal, obviously, to just, not a deal, you can just license your music worldwide, so you right. don't need a label. Yeah, right. just many companies want to wait up and see first if they get any traction on a single. Mm-hmm. And then they make the decision whether they're going to release the album or not. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you have you ever heard of? There's a town in Pennsylvania. It's called uh, Anala Mink. A N A L O M I N K. Analo Mink, Pennsylvania. It's in Monroe County. That is the number one city in the world for you in terms of Twitter mentions. <laughs> wow. You have either some insane fan and we right. have to be careful when we leave the, <laughs> the building here or Anilomink, Pennsylvania. What, what's it close to? I, um, I will look that up. Because we've done gigs in Pennsylvania. Zip code. <laughs> yeah, we, oh my gosh. Someone from Philly was asking when you'd be back recently. Oh, uh, sweet. Right now, have you played Pennsylvania at all? Yeah. Where have I played? I was... We did a couple of shows. We did one in, in Philly, obviously. Yes. And then we did one... Delaware? Yeah, one on the border, right on the border between Delaware and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, some really nice gigs. I mean, I, I opening up for Heffron Drive in there. Right, right. It was good fun. I yeah. it. And, and it was interesting to see, too, because when you look at the Heffron Drive audience, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to buy into... Janet. Yeah, right. Uh, but, I mean, like, we had fans that actually were at all shows, right? Because they were mm-hmm. Heffron Drive yeah. super fans. So they wanted to follow the uh, And progressively from show to show, the reaction got bigger and bigger for Janet. Wow. Because they were telling their friends they loved it. You know, they saw it here in it New Jersey. It was very nice, yeah. Like, I, I didn't know how I was going to go <laughs> down. And 
by the end of it, like everyone was singing along and singing along to the songs, which is always refreshing because it's like really nice. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, whenever the tour was wrapping up, I had a lot of fans come up and just go. And this was this a lot of teen music. girls, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they were really sweet. I mean, Janet has a unique. I just think today's. I mean, Janet has some fans in America, yeah. more uh, mature fans, older mm-hmm. fans, who I guess found out about her on X, because they religiously follow X Factor in the UK, yes. and they stuck with Janet like glue. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them when when Janet did her first show in February in New York, coldest day of the year in New York, there were people that flew in from California. Yeah from Mexico, from, from the Carolinas, mm-hmm. from Florida, just for that show. And this was an Irish pub. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, they're, they're dedicated and committed. And I think this is also a large component, like when Janet does her online shows, which you might yes. want to talk about. That's an interesting... Oh, one. gosh. Stage yeah, it, right? Stage it, Stage right. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another platform. <laughs> so, I just stage it because the fan base is so worldwide and so time difference than everything I do these these online shows which is where I and myself and my guitar player we, we normally do like a theme so one of them last time was like movie marathon madness or something so we play like songs from movies or whatever so we set up the webcams like we have really super fast Wi-Fi which is actually broadcast quality Wi-Fi so we play a show just this as, is in the UK or this is in the United okay. Kingdom however we're broadcasting from the UK but we do it at different time zones. So we do two shows. We do one for the United Kingdom and Europe. So that would be, you know, 8 p.m. for the United Kingdom. However, then we, you know, do another show, which is about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, which is for the USA and the rest of the world. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really good fun because it means that, you know, sometimes you just jump in and go, oh, where are you guys from? And it's like, I'm from South Africa. I'm from Norway. I'm from... And it's Mm. amazing. And, like... I think it's great because you get to just everyone's like it, I don't know it's like the weirdest form of great gig ever you've well and then the amazing thing is to watch the chat that is going on yes. at the side between the fans yes. mm-hmm. they all communicate with each other they know each other yeah this is like they all meet each other on Facebook and Twitter and stuff and they're all mm-hmm. mates and like I don't know it's just, it's a great little atmosphere of people on the internet and the mm-hmm. best thing about the stages is like can't make it to a show but you can like sit there like on the internet instead of going to the outer net and you can just watch the show and it's from also, your laptop and, and very unique because I mean once the show is over there's no way to see it or hear it again no yeah you have to mm-hmm. see it mm-hmm. I mean it's a unique experience for you know people and they're wrapped I mean like they're like yeah, man it's mental <laughs> are people paying f- is there a, a it's a pay, pay what you want okay so oh. Marconi loves that yeah Come I'm on. just saying like if you want to pay, like, I'd say dollars. So it's like, if you want to pay $5 to come see me play on the internet, amazing, thank you. If you want to pay a cent, mm-hmm. go on ahead. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm cool with that. It's like five streams mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> people hitching a ride, people that, are, that don't have yeah. $5 but want to contribute, other fans pay for them. Mm. It's, it's a real community thing. Real you know? sharing. It's really nice. Like, it's, I genuinely I love doing them, so that's why I do them so often because they're just... They're, they are genuinely so much fun and they're, I, I have great banter like we dress up we look like absolute idiots most of the time that's why we do the themes like like I'm like oh, I can't describe it but like we do wear a lot of costumes there's a lot of wigs my guitar player is slightly insane um, we do question if you know he has escaped from a loony bin but you know they are good fun to watch and be a part of so by the way that, that town we were talking about Anna, Anna Lomik, Pennsylvania, it's in the Poconos 
Oh, it's ah. about five miles away from East Stroudsburg, so it's an uh, hour away from where we are right now. Exactly. So after this, we'll this head out. This is like all it, over my head. It could be. We, we have a super fan in that general area then. I mean, yeah, the guy that Paul Bellamy or whatever it was. I mean, like the guy who wants to do shows with you. Oh, yeah. At campuses and at some major churches as well and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think he is from that, those parts. So maybe he's telling his yeah. own community mm-hmm. about it. He's like a, yeah. a street team. Hopefully. I like it when people <laughs> tell people about music instead of yeah. keeping it a secret. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, people want to share. I mean, Janet's fans want to share the music. Yeah, most of them. Apart from some of them. Some of them are like, I love your music. I like. I love this, like, my little secret. And I'm like, can you not keep it your little secret? Can you tell your friends, please? Like, I've got rent to pay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what's cool is you're, you're 20, almost 21, and yes. you know, you've worked very hard. You're, you're fortunate to be doing this for a living. I am. You don't have a day job. I don't. You know, you know traditional day well, job. Well, I, your... I work 18 hour days at this. At this. So right, right. When mm-hmm. people are sleeping and complaining about working nine to five, I'm, I'm just, I'm still going somehow. Right, mm-hmm. existing on mm-hmm. like three hours sleep at the minute. Now, now, in terms of of revenue for you, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just looking right here at at I'm still on Next Big Sound and okay. uh, the YouTube views. You know, you've had you have had many many YouTube videos, and a number of them are in the millions of views. Your biggest, it looks like, was uh, you did a cover of Adele's "Someone Like You," and that's yeah. over seven million views. <laughs> I know. But you've got mm-hmm. I forget. Uh, let's say you're more than ten million. No, you're. How many, do you know how many views, aggregate total views you have? 20 million on 20 Janet million. Devlin, yeah. Okay, on Janet mm-hmm. Devlin on YouTube. Yeah. Um, can you talk about revenue from YouTube versus revenue from Spotify? Because you did have a track that was on Spotify where you had uh, over a million streams of that. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's two songs. Well, one of them's almost on a million now. Wonderful is 1.7. Yeah. Friday, I'm in love. Which it. is The Cure, a cover it's by The Cure. The Cure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I do not like to look at the money that I get paid um, from Spotify and YouTube because I did this one time and I was really depressed because <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, that's a lot of views. Oh, that'll be nice. That'll give me something. And it's like, you can buy one McDonald's sandwich with that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, this means nothing. So I just, I just don't think about it. I obviously work really hard. Like, I put up a new video every Friday on my YouTube channel as to, you know, try and reach out, get more subscribers, get more views, obviously add revenue. So I don't let it bring me down, the fact that the money's not amazing, um, but I just work really hard at it just to try. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have two minutes left. Can we do one more revenue stream question? Sure. Uh, all right, so then, uh, thinking, you, you sound like you're a longer term thinker you're not mm. just a, about today you know you're about, this is a career for you you want to be yeah. doing this in, in 20 years when you I want to be well old and still singing songs well you still have the big red hair I don't know it's not naturally red though oh, you're, you're really blonde I'm naturally a blonde yeah oh really okay which isn't that interesting I'm naturally gray but this is this but so uh, okay so revenue for you is you mentioned merch you yes. mentioned uh, the live shows. Mm-hmm. Are you? Tr- do you have a goal? Like every year, I need to do 150 live shows, and uh, are you getting paid for X number of those? And do you know what my goal is? Always just to have enough money for rent and food. Mm-hmm. That is, I am happy and content if I can get up in the morning and know that I'm able to write songs, record music, and do everything that I want to do. As long as I have a riff over my head and food in my stomach, I am as happy as I can possibly be. So. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, but that's great. I mean, there are plenty of uh, people out there who are middle class musicians, mm -hmm. you know, who are doing that. Everybody thinks you're either Adele, Beyonce, or you're you know you're you're in the the pits you know just i mean it'd be nice to buy my mom something really nice at some point sometime <laughs> but... it'd be nice for you to buy something for your your host of music biz 101 and more yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Right. buy us some hair dye or something <laughs> i'll send you some of my own ginger hair dye that, be... that would be <laughs> really appreciated then i could sell it on eBay. what could i get on ebay for that because you're famous absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> there we go if you want to learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, tune in to WP 88.7, Brave New Radio. We've got managers, producers, record labels, concert promoters galore. You never know what's in store on music, biz, on and more. You never know what's in store on music. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Foul terror grips the university. A college student says she was attacked by geese while walking to class. Stay safe, stay indoors, and stay tuned to Brave New Radio. I started going cold turkey. Well, at least when I'm in the car. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's so hard to stop. That's why I hide it from myself, so I won't be tempted. I used to do it all the time. I stopped by locking it in my glove compartment. My friend used to do it way too much. Now I turn it off when we're in the car. My solution is simple. I just don't do it. There are lots of ways to stop yourself and others from texting and driving. How will you stop? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. You're listening to Janet Devlin on Music Biz 101 and more. Brave New Radio 88.7. We're supposed to be listening to a, to whiskey. Of a, what? Whiskey lullaby. Whiskey lullaby. That we're about to hear off of uh, off of the album <laughs> Scissors <laughs> Running with Scissors Running. With <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. And uh, at any moment, we're going to hear that track. But while while we're waiting for yeah. Whiskey Lullaby to yeah. play, uh, Doctor Steve, I was Marconi. wondering, yes, does the uh, does the Irish community in America are you making it there? I mean, not, not that you're trying to make it only there, but is there a following? There is, and I didn't realize that there was, and I felt really bad actually, um, because when I did the gig in New York, my first ever gig, there was a lot of people either from Ireland or have the ancestry of Irish in mm -hmm. them. And they, they really love the, the, their fans, and I didn't really realize that. Like, whenever my audition went viral, a lot of the viewership was coming from places with Irish imports. So that would be, like, New York, uh, mm -hmm. Sydney, mm -hmm. countries like that. Mm -hmm. So there was quite a lot of love. I, I was right. really taken aback. By well, your instrumentation, too, in the live shows is not just the standard guitar, bass, and drums and, no. and chicks singing, you know. Yeah, it's a bit, have, it's a bit weirder. Yeah, but I mean, it has some of those influences too from yeah. the Irish music and so on. So that would, I was that's what's making me ask the question: <laughs> Are they, uh, you know, attracted to that? I think so because I do a lot of sing. I do songs in Irish as well, which mm -hmm. they like. Uh, and not obviously a lot of people can speak Irish, but they do appreciate hearing it. So. Right. Well, Dave was a, a river dance dancer for a while. I, I was for time. quite a long time, yes, in fact. I, uh, I still do it. Kicked uh, you out. Yeah. Uh, with their no pun kicks. Intended. Yes, I was going to say, but I've... Uh, Are we queued up? 
It's, yeah. it's playing. Can you, oh, can you can we play it a Give it a little bit for us. No, the song, yeah. That's fine. A little bit louder. No. Like, let it take over. Let let this take over the show. This is a great track. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very nice. 243,774 views on YouTube, which, which is pretty nice. That's the English version. Then you have the Irish version. Then you have the live version. That's great. That was played from YouTube. That is like... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thank God my headphones are work because that would have been awkward. <laughs> uh, well, we got about one minute left, so mm-hmm. we should uh, start thanking you for being here. Yes, great uh, show. It's going to take about 45 seconds to thank no, you. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been fun. And if fans want to see you, is there any place they can see her now? Not on this trip. Okay. What do you do? But the stages. The stages. We do have stages. So if you go janetdevon.com forward slash live, it's got all the information for all the stages that are coming. Great. And you talk about it on Facebook. I talk about it on all the social Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat as well. Tumblr. Okay. A couple people have been tweeting in saying they, they've been listening and they really like uh, the songs. So that's great. So we should mention, so December Days with a Z coming out November 27th, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's... And, uh, we're excited about that for OK Good. Yep. Yeah, we also, have, also do Vet Days. The, the Covers EP we'll be putting out the same day digitally, so you can get both same day. And what's that record called? Duvet Days. Toupee Days? Duvet. 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 Like a blanket? A duvet? Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. basically covers. covers. You know, okay. like a cover is a like duvet. under the cover? I did so, not know that. Uh, uh-huh. Duvet Days. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, so. But that's still a cool title. Yeah. Is Duvet French? <laughs> Duvet, is that a French word? Yes, okay. it is a word. Or, okay. or you could look at me and say Dume, as in a dummy. <laughs> and so. that one has the Irish version of Whiskey Lollipop. That will include that yes. bonus track, yeah. Oh, great. That's cool. Okay, right. so uh, we'll check that out. So th- Janet Devlin, thank you very much, Janet Devlin. Thank you. And we want to thank her handlers for being here. We have Nick Sortino, product manager. All right, people from OK. That's right. Good yeah. record. That's right. And we also have Jurgen Kordelitsk. Cordelech. Yeah, you said it wrong, I said it right. Yeah, so we have Jorgen here as well. We want to thank Valerie Earp for being the student tweet maestro tonight. Thank you very much, Valerie. Thank you. And then we want to thank uh, Jess Frank and Bianca for being producers extraordinaire. Tonight. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Sarah Bonando sat here quietly, didn't say a word. Thank Not you for that, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Sarah used to go here, and then uh, she uh, interned at OK Good, and now she's working at OK Good. So we're very Great. happy. We love OK Good. Um, yes. And who do we have next week? Next week we have uh, Matt Young and Dan Goldberg That's right. from uh, Warner Music Group. After that we have 
uh, the day before Thanksgiving, two days before the release of December Days, we have we had our Music Biz 101 and More live panel. That's going to come on the 25th of uh, November. Then Bill Charlap, director right. of Jazz Studies, and the guy who has the number one album on the Billboard Jazz Charts, he will be here on uh, December Tony? 2nd. And then, he won't be here with Tony. but the No, he won't be here with Tony, Tony Bennett, but he will be right. here by himself with uh, Marconi. So uh -huh. we want to thank everybody for listening to Music Biz 101 more on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC. This is... Yes. That is yes, Dr. Esteban Marconi. <laughs> I am your professor, David Kirk Phillips, saying adios!